Do you believe? What's up? Welcome to All Bets Are On with Kate Constable. What a way to kick off a new podcast, huh? Promise you a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. Here we are Saturday morning. You know, it turns out that uh, when you're watching three kids, as I was this week, taking care of my sister's kids, it's hard to get some things done. Woke up about 5.45 on Friday morning to try and get this podcast recorded. Well, so did all three children. Then we had a uh, flight delay. I was in Minnesota watching them, which I should say I'm from Minnesota, so you're probably going to hear a lot of Minnesotan accent this season, especially uh, when I'm talking about the uh, Golden Gophers. But my flight from Minneapolis to Chicago, back to where I live, was delayed. Then we get to Chicago, and there's the air and water show that happens every year, which is all the fighter jets, the military planes flying around the city doing cool tricks, and practice day was yesterday. So uh, when you have fighter jets flying past your building, it's kind of hard to record a podcast or literally hear anything. So here we are, Saturday morning, but we will uh, continue with the Monday, Wednesday, Friday going forward. Also, not a great start with our 0-3 start. It seems that any time I start a new venture or put picks out somewhere on a new platform, we lose everything immediately. That's just how it goes. Maybe a rite of passage. I don't know. Last year's show I did for BetUS during the NBA season, lost my first few bets there. Started posting picks on TikTok, lost my first few bets there. Same with Instagram. Started posting a few picks there during the NBA playoffs, lost them all there, and, and all of a sudden on Instagram, I got old high school uh, guys from my high school class coming out of the woodworks telling me that I lost. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Thank you so much. I'm really glad you're still sitting in your mom's basement following my uh, my post. I haven't talked to you in years, but uh, good for you. So here we are, 0-3 start. But I will say our two leans that we had, which... Maybe I shouldn't even do leans anymore. Anytime I I have a lean on a play, I feel like it's the right play and it hits and I should just pull the trigger on it. So maybe we'll do that going forward. But our leans for the uh, New York Liberty plus nine and a half, well, they didn't even need the nine and a half points. They won that game outright. And then the Washington Mystics plus four and a half, they almost won that game outright, but they covered that one. So uh, I guess you could say... Two and three start, but that's not exactly how sports betting works, especially when you want to be transparent with your record. So, our two leans hit, but those weren't official plays, so we are 0-3 to start this podcast. Yikes. But the good thing is, today's a new day. More games. More chances to uh, get in the win column. And the thing with those plays are... I still think some of them were the right play, and the Lions haven't really moved this uh, for the second game, which means that... The books kind of agree, too. I really think that the Las Vegas Aces could have, could have, should have um, gone over their team total of 91. They had nine points. Both teams had nine points in the third quarter. That just doesn't happen, shouldn't happen. And if they score their usual 20-25, their team total soars way over. Same with the Washington Mystics and Seattle Storm. That under, I still think that was the right play. And we'll talk more about... Uh, what we're thinking for game two in terms of the total for those two teams. I still am kind of thinking that we uh, go with the under there again because those two teams are so uh, defensive-minded. So one thing I've learned through sports betting over the years is even though you might have a loss, there are plays that are still the right play, and I believe those two were still the right play. 
Now, two plays that, in hindsight, I think maybe I was a little off on. We'll just say that. Are the New York Liberty. I mean, they showed me that they are a much better team when they are fully healthy uh, than we've seen throughout the regular season for the most part. And they are going to put up a fight against the Chicago Sky team. And going to keep it close regardless. So when this line got up to nine and a half for this uh, opening game between the two teams, I mean, that was easy to take, but I should have almost even taken them at seven. That would have been the right play too, based on how they looked in this first game. Now, obviously that's hindsight because we didn't know that ahead of time. And same with the uh, Dallas Wings. Arike Ngumbawale is still out with that ab injury and without her on the floor and her offensive production, I mean, the Wings did beat the Aces in the sky late in the season, but when they've played the Connecticut Sun throughout the season, she's been a massive aspect uh, of those games, and her offensive production has left a bigger hole come playoff time uh, in this Wings offense than we anticipated. So maybe a slight uh, change in how we handicap game two for the Dallas Wings. All right, before we jump into game two for all of these teams... Head over to Twitter. I would love it if you would give me a follow at Kate Constable. Same with on TikTok and Instagram. I'll be posting plays there uh, as the season, WNB season goes along, but also with football coming up uh, and basketball getting going for the NBA. So head over there. Give me a follow. Show me some love. I would appreciate that. Also, head over to theoddsbreakers.com. I write for them and give out free plays there uh, nearly every day, every other day probably. So if you head over there, you get some free plays in between podcast episodes. Okay, game one, Saturday morning game. This game is 11 a.m. local time in Chicago. Liberty, man, they took game one 98-91, and they looked like the much better team in this game. I mean, what they did well, they were really unaffected by the pressure of facing the defending champions on the road. They came out to play with nothing to lose, and I feel like Chicago felt the pressure a little bit more and maybe came into this one a little tentative, just not wanting to lose. One thing I learned playing basketball is we lost a, uh, a section final game to go to the state tournament because we played not to lose instead of playing to win. We were tentative. We were hesitant. We just were trying so hard not to turn the ball over, to take all the right shots instead of just playing free and loose. And that's what it looked like the Chicago Sky were doing. They weren't playing to win that game. They were playing not to lose. And that's never a recipe for success, especially in a playoff type atmosphere when you're facing an underdog who everyone has counted out and they're playing like, you know, let's go out there and shock the world, surprise everyone, give it our all. And, and we have nothing to lose type of attitude. Natasha Howard absolutely demolished this guy in the pick and roll, she scored 16 of her game high, 22 points in the paint, and Chicago's defense really just couldn't uh, adjust for that. Anytime they did try and take away the inside, New York just went outside. They moved the ball quickly around the perimeter and got threes, shot 44% from three. And this guy, in comparison, they got up the same amount of shots from deep as the Liberty, but they shot only 28% from three. So hard to win a game when one team is shooting 44, the other is shooting 28 uh, from three-point land. Benijah Laney, we talked about her coming back. She had 17 points, but I think what was more impactful from her was her defense. She did a great job on the defensive end. 
and offensively did a great job of picking her spots. Took a lot of the pressure off of Sabrina Inescu, so she didn't have to carry the whole offensive load. So really just a whole team effort from the Liberty. And then also, let's not forget Johannes' behind-the-back pass. Anyone who says that that pass would be made all day in the NBA, that's a lie. If it was made in the NBA, it would still be a fantastic pass, and people would still be talking about it. So it was an unbelievable pass, especially with where it was at in the game, about three minutes left in the fourth quarter. So to be able to throw something like that, a no-look behind the back, over the head, whatever you want to call it, uh, for a layup, that was pretty incredible. That was also a part of the Liberty's 13-0 run to finish the game. That's right there, pretty impressive too, to be able to shut out a Chicago Sky team who's been one of the best offenses all season late in a game, especially in the playoffs. I mean, that's... That's very impressive right there. And, I mean, Chicago, they needed to respond, and they didn't do it. They lost this game down the stretch and didn't make the necessary adjustments in those final few minutes to deserve to win this game. So give it to the Liberty for not only winning, covering, uh, and now they have home court advantage if this does go to a game three that's back in New York at the Barclays Center. So really, Chicago, their backs are up against the wall. And Kalia Copper. 21 points in that game, leading scorer. Well, yikes. She hurt herself in some capacity. Reports coming out of the Chicago Sun-Times. Annie Costable, not to be confused with Constable, but uh, Annie Costable is the reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Also, one of my good friends and fellow University of Iowa alum. So, love to support her. Head over and uh, to Chicago Sun-Times and, and read her work. She's been fantastic covering the sky for the last two seasons. But she reported that Copper went down in practice, had to be helped to the locker room, uh, and isn't on the injury report for Saturday's game. But it seems like something is a little fishy coming out of Chicago right now because reporters after that practice asked head coach James Wade what the deal was with Copper, and he's, you know, responded, what are you talking about? We're good. We're fine. That was all he would say. So wouldn't really address the situation at all. So, I mean, if she's at all a little injured, then Liberty, yikes, they're coming for you again, and this could be an early exit for the number two team in this year's playoffs. But I will say Chicago has been great at adjusting after losses. That's kind of been their strong point all season. Took them 35 games during the regular season before they lost uh, two straight. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, they're able to put things together for Saturday's game and keep their season alive. This is it. But looking at lines for this game, I would once again lean no, you know what? Not even going to say it. Not a lean. We're going to play on the Liberty plus nine. I think this line is still too high, what the Liberty have shown, not only in this first uh, playoff game, but even throughout the regular season. They've played the this guy close. Copper's banged up at all. Um, that's going to be a huge loss. And just the way that Laney, Howard, and Escu, uh, Stephanie Dolson was huge in that game. It was a full team effort by the Liberty, and I think that they definitely have it in them to keep this one close, if not win this one outright. So we're going to take the points with the Liberty plus nine. Next up, we have the Mercury versus Aces. Aces won that game 79-63. Our play in that game was Aces team total over 91. Well, 79 points, pretty close. But if they didn't score, 
only nine points in that third quarter, I think this would have gone over. So once again, think that was the right play, but that's how sports betting goes. Uh, and sometimes you just got to deal with it. For the Mercury, yikes, they are uh, so depleted. Shea Petty needed to be carried off the floor with about two minutes remaining in the third quarter. She had a non-contact injury. It turns out she ruptured her Achilles. Uh, you just got a feel for her and what she's going through. Um, so thoughts to Shea Petty as she starts her rehab. But also just to, to the Phoenix Mercury in general, their season, it, honestly, it would almost just be better if their season just ends, which it's going to uh, tonight. But avoid any more injuries. Let's just call it a season and, and move on to next year. I know coaches and players would never want to say that out loud, but that might be just the best thing that the Mercury need as of right now. And with Petty off the floor, she's been one of their leading scorers. She's been one of the leaders on the floor with Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins-Smith out. Uh, Sophie Cunningham said after the game that she's the one that, Petty that is, keeps the team together. She's the life of the party. So for her to go down like that really just kind of breaks your heart and takes the wind out of the sails for the Mercury. I think that this one is all Vegas. And I mean, I said last uh, last podcast that it was crazy that this line was up to 16 and a half. But you know what? It's moved up for game two. It's 17, and I think they win this game by 20-plus. So I would lay the points with Vegas. They didn't play their best offense. They struggled a little bit with the zone, but I think Becky Hammond makes the necessary adjustments for them to uh, thrive in that situation. And then they outscored Phoenix in the final few minutes, 28 to 12. It took them all game to get to that point of where they're really outscoring their opponent. But I think that happens a lot earlier in this second game. Asia Wilson also, she's going to have a better game. Front runner for MVP. She only had eight points, 12 rebounds though, which is pretty good, but only eight points in that game. Her offense is going to explode a bit more. Uh, and I don't see her having another performance like that. So you can count on more points there from Asia Wilson. Kelsey Plum led the team with 22 points. She's going to get her stuff again. Chelsea Gray had 17 points. The Aces won a perfect 18 for 18 from the free throw line. This one screams Aces for me. I would take them in the first half. I would take them full game. Uh, I just think that this is all Aces going forward. And the Phoenix Mercury, you know, their season's over. Next up, we have the Wings versus the Sun. They play on Sunday. Sun took this game 93-68. The under hit that was uh, set at 163 and a half. Uh, the game ended at 161, but really this was Connecticut from start to finish, and they were up at 10 by half. We took the Wings first half plus, I believe it was five, five and a half. And obviously that didn't hit. Uh, Connecticut just proved that they are such an offensive juggernaut. They rank in the top three in points, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and offensive rating. They have the overall net rating, the best net rating in the league, and that's really why they're one of the co-favorites to win the title as of now. You look at who's scoring for them. They have such a well-balanced offensive game. Five all-stars on their team. Any of them could go out there and probably score 20 any night. But uh, Alyssa Thomas said in a recent uh, article, and I apologize to the writer, I can't remember where I read this, but that, I mean, they know that in order for them to be successful, they all have to buy in. They have to sacrifice, play together. It's going to be a different person scoring for them each night, and that's okay. They're going to go out there and play as hard as they can together, 
And who cares who's putting up uh, 20 some a night? It's not going to be all five of those all stars, but they just need one or two players to go out there and, and really score and the rest of them just be solid in their role and do their job. And at the end of the day, all they really want is a championship. So who cares who's putting up the points as long as it's getting done, which is a really good attitude to have on a team. If you're looking to make a deep playoff run, because if you're not, if you don't have that attitude, there's no way that uh, you're going to make it to the finals or have a chance to win a championship. If there's any selfishness uh, on a team, I mean, you talk about John Quill Jones, she's the team's leading scorer. She's only averaging 14.6 points per game, which, I mean, that's a great number, but that ranks 19th in the league. There's only two teams in the playoffs that have at least two players in the top 20 and whose leading scorer isn't in the top five, which is kind of insane. It just shows the depth, and that's Connecticut and Chicago. And you look at the roster on those two teams, and there's a ton of depth up and down that lineup which is exactly how Chicago won a championship last year in Connecticut. Well, they're one win away from booking a berth in the WNBA semifinals, fourth consecutive year. So a win on Sunday would put them there and one step closer to a finals appearance. But in this game versus the Wings, Connecticut really just kind of won every aspect of that game. They did a great job spreading the ball around. They had four starters and double digits, all but one player on the score sheet. So they really kind of stayed true to who they are in their style of play, a very well-balanced offense. They stayed strong uh, very fundamentally on the defensive end as well. They had 10 steals to the five for the Wings. Uh, Also talk about sharing the ball, 25 total assists. Wings only had 11. And I mentioned Wings players, Tierra McCowan, how she's been playing leading up to the playoffs. Only seven points in this game. Connecticut did a great job of defending her and taking away the things that she wants to do and the things that she does well. Marina Mabry, she had 11 points. She was a minus 21. That's the worst plus minus on the team. So it almost seemed like everything that Dallas had going for them leading into the postseason went right out the window. And that's a credit to Connecticut and the way that they defended them, their game plan coming into this game. And I was wrong with how I handicapped this team. I shouldn't say this team because Dallas was playing well coming in. I was wrong in the way I handicapped this matchup. I don't think I should have taken into account as much as I did Dallas's two wins over the sun in the regular season, especially now with Arika Ngubawale not playing. Uh, She maybe could be back if they advance to the second round, but I just really don't see that happening. The line for this game is minus Connecticut minus 11. Total is 162.5. I'm actually going to look to play Connecticut's team total over. That line isn't out yet, but I would imagine it's about 87 or so, and I think that they can definitely uh, put up a big number. They know how to score. They scored in the 90s in their last five games, so I think we see another big number from them. So team total anywhere, I suppose if it's 87 to 90, anywhere in that range, I would take the over. But again, that line isn't quite out yet. I will keep an eye out for it and uh, tweet something out if it if it does become available. Last but not least, the Washington Mystic and Seattle Storm. Storm took this game 86-83, and this one went right down to the wire. Jewel Lloyd came up big in the fourth quarter and in the clutch. She hit some uh, very clutch shots in the final seconds to put the Storm up for good and give them the win. Talk about Jewel Lloyd. 
This is a player who mentally stayed in the game the entire time. She didn't hit her first field goal until four minutes and 52 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. Not only did she just score her first field goal, then she just went off 12 straight points from her. And that's what brought the storm back into it, ultimately gave them the win. So for a player to not score at all throughout the entire game and then be ready when it's her time, got to give it to Jewel Lloyd for doing that. Sue Bird also passed 100 three-pointers in her postseason career. So now she's just the fourth WNBA player to reach that milestone. The others are Diana Taurasi, Becky Hammond, and Maya Moore. They also have 100-plus playoff threes. Brianna Stewart finished the game as the Storm's leading scorer, 23 points, 12 rebounds. For Washington, Elena Deladon, 26 points. She was huge. She did play 32 minutes in this game, which is a little bit more than she typically does. So I'm curious going into game two, what her minutes might be like. They've been very careful with her and how they use her with that back injury that she's coming off of, uh, coming back from, I should say. She's been great all season, but she's had extra rest throughout the season built in uh, in order to not injure herself further. Seattle shot 50% from the field, 50% from three. Those are pretty good numbers. They out-rebounded the Mystics just slightly, had more assists. This game was a little bit faster paced than I had anticipated just because of how these two teams play defense and how tough they are on that side of the ball. But when you're shooting 50% from the field and three, that score is going to climb up quite a bit. I still think the under is the right play in here. The totals creeped up just a little bit. It was 159.5 in that last game. It's 160.5 right now. I see it 1161 uh, at Bet Rivers. You can grab it that there. 161.5, that is. So a whole extra, two extra points um, from game one's total. I still think the under is the right side. I mean, the Storm shot 36% from beyond the arc this season, which was the best in the league. They finished, once again, game one, shooting 50%. think there's going to be a little bit of regression back to the mean for game two. Washington, on the other hand, is the worst three-point shooting team in the league. They shoot just 32% from deep. And the greatest strength for both of these teams is their defense. I also like the Mystics to not only cover... But I think they win this game outright. Mystics are going to keep their season alive. I, I, I believe that. They were had control of this game throughout most of it, uh, game one that is, and they let it slip away from them in the final few minutes. But I think the Mystics come back. They keep this, this uh, series alive and force a game three in Washington. So place for this game would be the under. And you know what? I'm just going to take the four points for Washington. So Washington plus four. Uh, versus playing the money line. Let's just be safe. Let's try and get a good win to start off this podcast and help our record a little bit. So definitely some value in the money line if you want to take that, plus 155 at DraftKings. Uh, that's that's the best number I'm seeing so far. But I'm just going to take the points and the plus four with Washington once again. So to recap our plays, Chicago Sky, New York Liberty, we're taking the Liberty plus nine. Phoenix and Vegas, we're going to take Vegas minus, well, I'm seeing some 16 and a half, 17s at some points. Uh, we'll take the best number, do some line shop, and FanDuel's got it at minus 16 and a half. We'll take that. Connecticut and Dallas, we're going to take the Sun team total over. Once that line is released, should be, uh, I think, around 87, 88. Uh, we're going to play the over in that one, but also I think Connecticut uh, covers in this one as well. And this, uh, that series is over. 
Seattle, Washington. We're going to play the under again. I still like that play. think that was the right side. And uh, Washington with the points at plus four. All right, that's a wrap on episode number two. Hopefully, our outcome is a little bit better this time around. But as always, we'll continue to track our record, have full transparency on if we're winning or losing. And we'll work to make some adjustments as the playoffs go on. Teams have to make adjustments from game to game, and so do handicappers. This next week, I am actually headed to Italy this afternoon. So going to try and get some podcasts done next week in Italy, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's the goal. But with the time change, when games are, I might be drinking a little wine. I might be drinking a lot of wine. So we'll see. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted on Twitter once again, at Kate Constable, on when episodes are coming out. My goal is to really try and keep this Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But once I'm back from this Italy trip, it will be consistent Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I can promise you that. And I'm going to start bringing on a bunch of guests. We're hopefully going to have guests uh, every show going forward. It's just uh, being overseas and with the time change, hard to bring people on. I don't want anyone waking up in the middle of the night. And I sure as hell don't want to be waking up in the middle of the night to do a podcast. So bear with me over these next couple days this next week. And then uh, once September hits, we're going to be consistent in our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday getting these podcasts out early in the morning for you. But now that I think about it, actually, maybe it would be fun to do a podcast after I've had quite a bit of wine. So we'll consider that. Might add some extra uh, flavor to the podcast. All right, that's all we have for episode two. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, like, subscribe, follow. And until next time, all bets are on.